TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. Douche nozzle. I'm just thinking about busting Ted Kaczynski out of jail. That's God, we love him. About right we, have a, we, have a weird, we have a weird obsession day. with Ted Kaczynski. Because we want to believe that, that there's like a really sweet side to him on top of this. Because like, you read the manifesto like we no, both have he, now. He killed, he killed the wrong people. Yeah, he really did. I'm telling you, if you haven't read that fucking... If you haven't read the papers over and over and over again. <laughs> at least once. At least once. If I'm, I do it, I'm going to do once. <laughs> yeah. But it's, what's really it's, crazy, in all honesty, all kayfabe aside, you read it, and they're like, every fifth line, you're like, that's a very good point surrounded by a bunch of gibberish. You keep reading, you're like, well, he called that. that that's happening right now. <laughs> keep going down, you're like... You look at it all in context, all those pages, there's like a page and a half of legit genius no, I mean, surrounded all, by a bunch of garbledygook. It's it, all the failures of it's like li- a, all the failures of liberalism clashing with all the failures of conservatism and you know, at the oh end God, of the day here we go. we're just that's how it goes. Hey, all I right. did not I know you did, I'm the one who brought it up. I went there first. It's okay, buddy. I'm the all one who right. brought him up. Welcome to Dr. Heckle, the science communication podcast that will boom, shake, shake, shake the room. On today's show, a man who claims he's genetically modified himself, an age-prolonging mutation in the Amish, and how Dana Gould holds touring bands together. And now your resident scientist, Mark Brimble. Welcome to Dr. Heckle, the science communication podcast that mixes science and comedy together in a very unconvincing but expensive cocktail. With me today on the show, with a GED from Kirby High School, musician... Josh McLean aye, and aye. comedian, yeah. welcome to the show, and with a diploma from Home Life Academy, yeah. musician Brennan Whelan. Both <laughs> it sounds so legit, doesn't it? It Both. sounds like you made it up when we got in the car. Yeah, because somebody probably <laughs> fucking made it up before I got there. Welcome to the show. Now, you're, of course... Uh, both musicians in the band Heels. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you have a, a new release? Uh, yes, sir. We just, we just released, uh, what was the last record we just did? The Electric Record? The, yeah, the EP, uh, The Long called? Con. The Long Con. Yes, we released that from, uh, uh, we just did release that one ourselves. Because yeah. we're just we're just kind of rebooting. Uh, Alyssa Moore did it over at Move the Air Studios. And uh, it turned out pretty freaking awesome. And uh, yeah, Are so- we allowed to say fuck words on here? Uh, you can say some of the fuck words. Some of them. Okay, okay, just not all just of checking. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just checking. Remember, he's got a degree. Okay. Like like one that wasn't made up yeah. from a Baptist academy. <laughs> <laughs> or a Memphis healthcare system like mine hey, was. I bagged a lot of coffee in that warehouse <laughs> to get that degree. <laughs> I worked a lot of summers in a tire warehouse for mine. Now, now Josh, you're a, you're a, also a comedian. Yes, sir. Uh, perform all around the local scene, and you often get out to Altercation Comedy Fest. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us about your recent comedy projects. Uh, right now, I'm, uh, I'm working on re-recording uh, my, al- my next album. It'll be an EP, and I thought I had it in the bag, but uh, it was one of those, like, you think you have it, and then you write better stuff the week after you record. <laughs> and instead of doing what I've always done in bands and another stuff, instead of just going, well, I'll just put that on the next one or something like that, I'm like, let's just, let's just wait and re-record it better. And do it better. So that's that's pretty much what I'm. All all that matters right now is the next heels record, and that's what we're working oh, on right this second. Yeah. Oh, great! So you're working on another another another. Record. Yeah, yeah. The EP came out. We did that in what July? Yes. Yeah, like and we put out we put out something almost every twelve, thirteen months, or eighteen eighteen months yeah. about a record every very, eighteen very months. Prolific. Well, it's like you know why not? You know what I mean? I, who hates being in a later in life? You're like, oh, I wish we'd have recorded that song, or I wish we'd have recorded that one. We just do the work ahead of time to where there's it's mostly, two of us. There's not that much to wrangle. You know what uh, I'm saying? Yeah. It, there's literally two of us, so it's often you know, bands you, you've got to organize. It's herding cats. Yeah, exactly. The two of us is like, you want to practice today? I was like, no, but I'll be there over there tomorrow, and I'll be like, all right. 
I drive that's 30 it. minutes a lot to just sit on his couch and watch wrestling. Well, uh, you'd be surprised. How, but that's the other problem. The great. other side of being just a two-man band, when you when we practice, we practice really hard and for a very long time. So it leaves you with the impression of the next time you come over for practice, like, well, we practiced hard that last one. We can watch wrestling today, right? <laughs> we can just sit back and watch wrestling because the whole time we're actually we, – we, we're big believers in uh, you can write all day long, but if you're not living, what's the point? You know what I mean? You can't, if you're not informing – that that credit that's our excuse. Let's put it that way. So he can sit there and drink tequila and Mick Ultra as he's yeah, doing yeah. now, and I can sip Jameson. Now, how, how long have you known each other, and when did you form this band? Oh, I've known Brennan since he was seventeen, sixteen, and that that is Sorry, ten buddy. years ago. Yeah, ten uh, almost eleven years ago. Twelve years ago. years ago, you young buck. Twelve years ago. Yeah, we. Uh, I met Ooh. him by Cat um, Cosgrove. I met, Black Yeah, exactly. First time. Yeah, first time, and then later. We became friends because I started growing this beard when I was about 16, 17. And, uh, he almost got so me arrested For the audience promptly. at home, he has a very majestic beard. Uh, yeah, it is. So That's very sweet of you to say, but it really is. You. He works really hard at it. Yeah, so I, I started going not into a, uh, I started going to an, into a bar that will not be named. And uh, I worked at a bar as a bartender, and our first real hanging out came from over a year where I would do movie night at this place, and Brennan would come in and drink whatever the cheapest beer was. And I came to find out that after a, t- a year and a half, two-year run of this, that he wouldn't be 21 for another two years. <laughs> <laughs> and he got kicked out. I got kind of fired for a minute and then brought back in very quietly. Like It was a big hullabaloo because Brennan was well-liked, too. Brennan, Brennan was a good customer, and I think everybody, everybody kind of knew he'd come in late. But he'd keep to himself. You know what I mean? He never got sloppy drunk, never made a scene or anything like that. I'm pretty sure we all knew he was young to a certain degree in the back of our head. But, uh, you know, he was a nice customer and he tipped. So it's like that happens so rarely. Yeah. But yeah, so we, we've known each other for that long. And then we were in a band called Ombres together. And we were a band called River Rats before that. Then I started a band called Ombres and brought him in. And then we kind of, that kind of fizzled. And he was just going to go do solo stuff like he had done before, just an acoustic man. And I got one of the best things ever when he said, please, let's start a band so I'm not another, quote, fat man in flannel with a beard with an acoustic guitar. And uh, I was like, Because I had just started getting fat. And I had already been the rest of them for a while. <laughs> well, the beard started getting long. You've always had the beard, True. but it started getting it started getting flannel length. Yeah, you know what I mean, like Mountain Goat. Yeah, I look uh, like Papa John's Misty. <laughs> Papa John's. That is Misty. not my joke. For that the is record. whose is that? Oh, that's, that's John that's Daly. John Daly. That's yeah, it. That's, that's such a good joke. But that's, it fits. It, it fits accordingly. Yeah, it fits accordingly. And how many years ago was that? Through two and a couple, two and a, two and some change. And you think you've got many long years ahead of you? Well, we've put out five records in the two years we've yeah, been. Together, that's, that's pretty, that's and we're pretty good we're going. just now really starting to write. Like it's nice because it's yeah. it's what happens when you start a band with a friend yeah. instead of starting a band to be famous or make money and be yeah. successful. As long as we can keep standing each other in a in a Jeep Patriot, yeah, my Jeep Patriot, <laughs> listening to the Dana Gould Hour at doing a during a nine hour drive. The day we diverge <laughs> on our nine pod- times, the day yeah. we diverge on our podcast listening on the road. Oh yeah, man, that would to, that would be detrimental. Like if Dana Gould, if we found out that God forbid Dana Gould had some weird past don't that nobody knew, I don't want to jinx it. It would it would ruin it would ruin our di- we our brother my brother Colin my brother in law Colin we went to Nashville to go see a band called Coheed and Cambria and. Uh, that poor bastard had to take a road. We got so used to it in our ways oh, of how we act on the road. Because we're on the road a lot. We're out on the road like four weekends a year, like three, three weekends a month, two weekends a month. And, uh, and we drive a lot together. And we do a lot of talking at the beginning. Then we put in a podcast. And we don't say shit for hours. No. We really just don't. We're like we're com- are a comfortable married couple. And we do not stop until there's no gas. You just don't. Period. End that of story. Sound, that sounds great. 
To be my poor brother on our way back from on our way back from Nashville just had to go to the bathroom because he, he had something that didn't agree with him. And he just with him asking to go to the bathroom, the you'd level thought, of vehement from the two of us. Yeah, you'd have thought he killed a dog in the back. You'd have thought he we was saying Zig Heil livid. or something in the but we were livid. We just did not speak to him the rest of the trip home after we stopped. We made him go into a gross fucking rest stop. We didn't even stop. The kind where you have to ask for a key. Ugh. It was actually, if I remember correctly, it was just a construction stop with a porta potty. I think you like, got- go shit in there, buddy. Yeah. Now uh, <laughs> we're coming off like <laughs> such great people. I know, right? I, and I just stopped myself from saying something horrendous. <laughs> I know, right? Well, uh, I hope you have many years ahead of you. But like, Thank you. like the truckers on those long uh, nine-hour drives, good segue. It's potentially, uh, potentially, they may lose their jobs in coming years, but. What about the potential of you as musicians losing your jobs? Uh, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about AI-generated music. All right. Oh, I'm fascinated. I love this subject because I'm, I'm very pro it. So, Al, so um, you know, automatic music has been in society actually for a very long time. You, you have at the very basic le- uh, level Chinese wind chimes, Greek wind-powered aeolian harps. Okay, gotcha, yeah. Or, uh, um, in fact, Japanese water instrument. It's called a sukinkutsu. Which is an upside down berry pot. Oh, and it does the fallen when it fills up and makes a noise, right? When and it, it's, it's yeah. yeah, basically uh, makes uh, a pleasant splashing sound that rings inside the pot, similar to how a bell would sound. Hmm. Uh, like it, when you pee in a urinal when it's like clean and you hit that right spot. You know, you know what I'm talking about, Brendan, right? Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Moving on. <laughs> but uh, in in modern times, uh, more algorithmic or more you know systematic approaches have taken. Uh, taken place and there's something called markov chains which are actually is this kind of mathematical uh mathematical state uh in which one can make predictions on the future of a process based on its present state so you say and you don't even you don't need to know the history of the uh, so so say you have a sequence of numbers say one to ten and you are currently at number five uh, and you know that there's a 70% chance that the number seven will be next, mm-hmm. and there's a 10% chance the number two will be next. You know that every every time based on the fact that you are presently at the uh, at the number five. Uh, now, an example of this in action is Brownian motion, which is you know the movement of particles through the air and how they interact and hit each other. But it's also employed in generating algorithmic music. So, for instance, say you had, uh, you know. Uh, an A, there's a ch- an, in a in some sort of matrix that you develop. There's a sixty percent chance the next note will be a C sharp, or you can make it more complicated where you say, "Oh, there's a uh, two Ds in a row." Okay. And oh then, yeah, 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 yeah. And what would come after and what, that, and, and what not? What, what comes after that? Mm-hmm. And that's how they kind of generate these. Uh, this was how early algorithmic generation was done. Now uh, it's a bit more complicated than that, and they use neural network learning and uh, you know. Um, kind of more more evolutionary uh, development process to do such a thing. And there are multiple groups working on generating AI-generated music. Uh, there's, there was one... Um, there's a group called the Magenta team at Google Brain uh-huh. who are developing and sharing code relating to machine learning, and they're uh, trying to do drum pattern generation, melody generation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There's a bunch of other uh, independent groups, but my favorite one, actually is uh, something that was published in uh, the Proceedings of, Maca- uh, Proceedings of the National Academy of Science uh, a few years ago. And their little organization, which ended up getting published scientifically, even though they weren't necessarily starting out with that aim, 
It's called <laughs> Darwin Tunes. Okay. And so they started with this uh, ability, to, you know, they started with this, um, you know, algorithm that generated sounds of certain tones. And you have your first generation. They actually used people to decide which ones of those sounded the best. And then the, the best sounding ones moved on to the next generation where it was all shuffled up again. Uh-huh. And they did that through hundreds and hundreds and actually thousands of generations to develop music. And that sounds, I can tell by the way you're looking, that sounds very confusing. So no, actually, Well, I mean, it, it, it is, but it's also like, I can't, all, all I can think about with what you're explaining when you're talking about that is like, how much is based on that first set of people? Right. Like how, how much for the rest of time is based on just the, the choices and the music, the tones and what they like of that very first set of people and how much goes on past that. Like if it's a bunch of people that think Creed is awesome and love that kind of chord structure, how that would affect how music is everything after that is my point. Well, I guess hopefully you've got enough people. Oh, if you're smart, you're assigned, you have enough separate people and across but, the varies and whatnot. But well, let's, let's uh, see for ourselves. Let's hear an early generation of this uh, Darwin tunes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Gil. All right, that space sounds, doesn't sound that great. What, uh, the final frontier. What generation is that, Gil? This is uh, zero. Oh, so this is bass. That's this is the that's, very very beginning. That's the first thing they generated. Now let's bring it to uh, very hun- hundred generations. Very Ed Woodian. I'd like to hear a hundred generations. Here's hundred and fifty. Hundred and fifty. Oh wow! So it turns into Kanye. And they kept selecting, so uh, I think let's let's ramp it all the way up to the top now. Six thousand four hundred generations. Holy please. crap! Really? Uh, all right. So this is sixty-four uh, fifteen. Human music. I like yeah, it. So it turns into Japanese toy commercial music. That's surreal. That is that is the right highest now. point of music evolution. Clearly, huh? Yes, I will tell you. This. I'm not saying. Well, in, in go ahead, go ahead, Brennan. This this programming, the way they're doing this, as a songwriter, I can tell you that they have they have come up with this as a way to make sure that if Skynet happens, it fucking destroys itself. <laughs> because the. Everything you're describing, everything you're describing is, you know, there's there's the likelihood that you're going to go to this. Then there's, you know, less of a likelihood you're going to go to the next note, more likelihood you're going to go to another note. What it all comes down to is if you're if you write songs, I'd say nine out of ten of the ones you start writing, you get good little way through it and you go, God Damn it! I hate myself. I just hate myself because you you do the yeah. same thing so often because it's just it's habit. It's almost muscle memory to go to the next thing. And if you get these robots to keep doing that, <laughs> eventually they'll fucking end it all, and we'll lose our power grids. Yeah. Have an idea for a podcast? Email info at theoamnetwork.com today and pitch your podcast. Welcome back to the Dr. Heckle podcast. We move on to our news item of the week. Uh, This is from BuzzFeed, and the title of the article is 
This guy says he's the first person to attempt editing his DNA with CRISPR. CRISPR is, of course, the uh, gene editing technology that's very uh, that's taken you know the biomedical fields by storm. Of course, uh, and. Uh, the byline is biohacker Josiah Zayner is injecting himself with DNA at home. Now he's providing an instructions and, and equipment for you to do it too. That's awesome. You think that's awesome? Well, I mean, I mean, it's one of those I don't want. I mean, the fact that that. All right, let's put it this for, right out the gate. I'm I'm a half a luddite to a certain degree. Like that kind of stuff, I always imagine the worst. Whenever I hear any new technology, my brain immediately goes to the worst-case scenario. So when you tell me about redoing genes and stuff, I immediately think of people making the Ubermensch, you know what I mean, and filing it down and, and making sure the white people stay white and stuff like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which like, seriously. I'm a big fan of. <laughs> no, I'm not at I'm all. Kidding, I'm That's kidding. That just terrifies me. <laughs> That's like, it really it sounded like. Pure bloods are the most boring dogs and the most boring people on the planet. We've all learned that from Beyonce and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. When we, when we mix, we get better. It's just it's called evolving. It's evolution. But I don't like it. I don't like. It. But I also, also, if I could make myself, I'm only not saying anything, so you continue to dig, <laughs> right? <laughs> but if I could make myself, uh, uh, I don't know, two inches taller. Uh, 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 if if I mean, there's there's two a couple, inches longer. Well, there's a, no, not even that. No, man, I've got hydraulic legs. I'm fine. Uh, but I I don't, man. Would you recode, Brennan? Would you recode yourself if you could? My only would you change anything? What would you change? My thought on that is that you can do it at home. And my first thought is I've always wanted to kill myself on accident. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. Well, the at home re-splicer. Let's give you a bit of background to Josiah Zayner. So he graduated from the University of Chicago with a PhD in biophysics in 2013. He spent two years as a researcher at NASA Amy's Research Center, where he worked on. Martian colony habitat design. Hmm. He refers to himself as a biohacker. This is all from Wikipedia, by the way. This sounds like a Warren Ellis character from Transmetropolitan. Believes in the importance of letting the general public participate in scientific experimentation rather than leaving it segregated to labs. Zayner found the biohacking community exclusive and hierarchical particularly in the types of people who decided what is safe. So he left even the biohacking community. Even the nerds are weirding out about it. uh, And... And I guess is now uh, so he was videoed injecting himself with uh, you know DNA. Uh, uh, it was a CRISPR construct targeting the myostatin gene. Okay. Now the uh, the idea behind it, I suppose, is myostatin. If you suppress that in um, you know cattle, you get the you know the really the big buff ones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's so the, body mass. So the idea is um, it's always you know, for women. He, he's gonna you know inject this into himself and make himself stronger. Okay. <laughs> The well, Uber bitch, what did I tell you? Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> well. now we're going to go down the list of reasons he is both a moron and a snake oil. <laughs> yes! Reason one, his third arm. <laughs> First of all, uh, and I think this is partially acknowledged in, in um, stuff that he says, myostatin is a gene in hu- uh, humans and animals that you know, essentially pre- prevents muscle growth. So you, you would think when it's not functioning, your muscles would grow, but it's functioning during development. So yeah. you have to do it... You would have to do it when you were a kid to see an effect. Or to, for it to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You'd have to, you know, inhibit the process. Hmm. Second of all, he's uh, injecting with just plasmid DNA. Now, uh, plasmid DNA is basically a circular DNA con- construct. So it's, it's, you, you know, your, your double helix of DNA uh-huh. in this circular form that you grow up in large scales in E. e- coli. Uh, but injecting that directly into, into you, yourself... 
and doing nothing else. It's not going to go in your cells. That's what I was. I was wondering how would what would be the the deal to get that you it have to get them, like, like an least, idea. One of us would uh, come up with. Oh, it sounds like a Me terrible Josh, comic like, book. We just inject DNA and then DNA that works, is our right? DNA then we have the big. Happens. Then we have the big penis. Then we get the khakis. Then we get the ladies. That's the way it works, right? Porsche. That's how we get it. Brand new. At least, and in, at least at not any like uh, high level. It's not going. You, you may be very lucky. Uh, He's not even doing something that has been has been done where you can get plasmid DNA and you basically provide an electric charge. Oh, so he's just jumping the gun on all kinds of. You can do you can do an electric charge, uh, inject plasmid DNA, and it, you know uh, that will open up pores within the cells that you know the, the DNA will uh, circular DNA will go into the cells, mm-hmm. and it, some of it might get to the nucleus and then start expressing. So that's that's the first thing. Even if the plasmid DNA got to the, the cells, it would get silenced epigenetically very quickly. That's been shown. In, it would uh, just get blo- like what the white blood cells would just kill no, it. No, or no, no, no. Uh, processes within the cell uh-huh. uh, work very effectively to uh, silence, you know, the uh, transcriptual sh- transcription production of proteins from uh, foreign DNA. Oh, gotcha. Very, so very it's very just controlling it. It's good. Yeah, like so, you're, so, you don't belong here, right? Thirdly, the possibility of infection. I mean, he's pretty. So he's probably not yeah. <laughs> not going to do himself any harm by injecting this because it probably would do nothing. Uh-huh. Uh, but the possibility of infection is is pretty re- reasonable. I wouldn't say staggering. You were basically injecting dirty plasmid DNA, like lab lab generated. So to a certain DNA. degree, it's like I just took blood out of Brandon and just jammed it. I guarantee. I guarantee because he's doing. This, I want a beard. He's doing this in his garage. It's not. Of course he is. <laughs> he's doing this. His, yeah, of course he is. Did he pull it out of his bonnet? I'm sorry. It's not. Um, it's not like he's generated clinical grade GMP yeah. grade plasma. <laughs> he's not Tony Stark. He doesn't have a multi million dollar facility or anything in his house. I for one am relieved that he's just a jackass. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. No, like I was I expecting you to say. Any of that. I was waiting for you to say he's Elon Musk's like next door neighbor or something, and this guy is cooking it. It sounds more like he's like making genetic crystal meth. Or something, and trying it out on himself. Finally, we're going to pretend that everything worked perfectly. Okay, the plasmids okay. got into the cells, okay. no infection, the, the, there was no epigenetic silencing. So it uh, worked. And it worked. You, produ- you produce the CRISPR protein, the, the RNA, it bat- binds to the correct uh, site and silences the myostatin. Okay. Uh, he also has a risk of mutation, off-target mutations. That so so not you mean mutations that he wasn't planning on mutations he wasn't planning on okay. so he has so uh, now he's he a ninja a, turtle he has a risk of well first of all the the um, point in the gene that is targeted is exon one so it's at the beginning of and it will create a frame shift mutation basically uh, and it also will knock out uh, certain bases the cell when it comes to to repair its own DNA okay it will. Basically, zip it back up together with a few, maybe like four or five base pairs deleted, okay? That can, makes a nonsense protein. So, so you would be producing in your body a nonsense protein instead of, instead of the actual protein. So you're still producing probably the same. He's not targeting the promoter, so he's producing the same levels of just nonsense now <laughs> instead, of, uh, okay. instead of the uh, myostatin gene okay. and the protein that comes from that gene. And fi- yeah, finally, also there's a chance of binding elsewhere of that like RNA in the CRISPR target and cutting a random piece of his that's, DNA. That's what I figured was going to happen right there. Yeah, and, and a risk of a risk of mutation, and on and a large w- enough scale because it's ne- it's not actually been CRISPR's never been tested in humans in a in a well clinically designed way. Yeah, there is a chance, you know, of uh, of getting a cancerous mutation out of it and passing something on. Uh, if, fortunately, not the way he's doing it. Okay, cool. At least there's that. <laughs> Thank God. You don't want to pass the stupid, more than just the stupid gene on. 
Well, that's the problem with people that are just smart enough. Yeah. They just do shit like that. You're right. Well, part, so he's not the first to uh, to basically do some kind of gene therapy on themselves. Uh-huh. Uh, so Liz Parrish, who is CEO of a biotech startup called BioViva, uh, a couple of years ago she told the MIT Technology Review that in Latin America she had received a highly experimental anti-aging gene therapy. Uh, this year, Brian Hanley, he's another CEO uh, of a different uh, you know, a different company, biotechnology company, told the uh, MIT Technology Review he'd received DNA injections and he'd, he'd done the electric shock thing uh-huh. uh, meant to stall aging. Now, I've, of course, uh, what this guy, what this CEO did, it was only, he knew it was only going to last like a few weeks. I think it's like a prince, proof of principle. Oh, okay, uh, that it could be done. Yeah, that, um, that he could get stuff into his cells and, you know. I'm three weeks longer. <laughs> <laughs> Instead but, of dying in December, it's January now. But uh, but one thing that it seems that all of these people who biohackers uh, who who get a lot of press have in common is that they own some sort of company. No. So, so that, <laughs> and, and re- but 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 really, what the what the the intriguing thing here is that clearly, especially this guy has a PhD in biophysics. Yeah. Uh, Josiah Zayner and these other CEOs, maybe they're not scientifically trained. Maybe they're just they're, they're business people, but. The amount of press that you get yeah. for saying and doing something like that, that draws attention to your business. This, yeah. These are purely business moves. Yeah. Complete, complete charlatans. That sounds like that, that. I mean, nothing surprises me more. Well, William Castle with the movie industry where he would do all kinds of crazy stuff and almost get arrested just so everybody would know. It's William Castle. Who's that? The guy who directed the movie that's in the thing that we have this week. You I, know? I'm going I'm to read a couple of quotes from this guy. Uh, and it, it genuinely sounds like... Josh is the scientist. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, man. I will, I'll quote you. Uh, he says, I want to live in a world where people get drunk, and instead of giving themselves tattoos, they're like, I'm drunk, I'm going to crisper myself, oh. said Zayna, who, ha- who has a no. few tattoos of his own in an interview with BuzzFeed News. Of course it, he does. It sounds crazy, but I think that would be a pretty interesting world to live in, for sure. Interesting is, a no, is, a, is, a, is not the wrong word there. I'll give him that. Uh, Let's just get drunk and change the rest of our lives, bruh. He also says, <laughs> is do-it-yourself CRISPR really more harmful, he asks, than smoking, sunbathing, and taking chemotherapy? Because <laughs> all, all of which are all legal. Three, all are legal. Who's, who's allowed to do all three of those? I want to I want to You, come too, up you with, can't do the third. I want to come up with quips, but I'm just pissed. You're right. <laughs> right? <laughs> Golly! Yeah, people so are just smart enough. He sells, so he sells these plasmids along with now. I, I, oh he, God! He, of course he, he does. He genu- he sells uh, lab equipment for people to do like you know benchtop science in their own lab, and actually it's it's pretty cheap. The stuff he sells on, on that. So that's how are we talking? Alpha that's, brain. Yeah, that's presumably his his main. You know, the, Alex the, Jones has been on this stuff for years. The Nobody knows. The function of his business is. Uh, I'm not going to actually say the name of it. Cause <laughs> yeah, right. Don't, don't want, want to give any press. I don't want to give it any press. Yeah, uh, and. He's, so he's selling these plasmids very cheaply, and uh, really, this guy—he's not a biohacker. He's just someone like snake oil salesman of the past, taking advantage of the ignorance of strangers into thinking that he's made we, some kind of dramatically. We call them. We call them shitbirds for mankind, and for that ethical transition, Josiah Zayner, you have been dubbed fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news.
This podcast is brought to you by Amazon. Everything from A to Z. Help support this show by simply using our Amazon portal, theoamnetwork.com slash Amazon. Same Amazon deals and prices, and it sends a percentage to OAM. That's theoamnetwork.com slash Amazon. Welcome back to our final section where I take a journal article, explain it to our wonderful guests and have them digest that information, spit it back out to me. Today's paper is from uh, the journal Science Advances. It's called A Null Mutation in Serpene 1 Protects Against Biological Aging in Humans. The first author is Sadia Khan, and the anchor author is Douglas Vaughan from Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine. Now, uh, what did you pick up from that uh, title? A Null Mutation in Serpene 1 Protects Against Biological Aging. Something, you, something they put in somebody to keep you from aging. Fortunately, they didn't put anything inside anyone. Hey, all right. This is a natural study done on a uh, on a population. So there is a, a gene called serpene one. Oh, why these people let, are older than other people? Kind of a thing. Boom. Like finding out that yeah, I love that the the Falkland Islands is great with the whole thing they did on. The, anyway, sorry. Go ahead. So so you, yeah, you say the Falk, Falkland Islands. It's a geographically isolated mm-hmm. group of people. Well, this is exactly the same kind of study. We have a geographically isolated group of people. In this case, it, it is old order Amish from uh, Bern, Indiana. Okay, and uh, what they fa- uh, what they found is this uh, in this gene serpene one. Uh, there is a null mutation, which basically means uh, the the protein is not being produced. Now, every person uh, has two copies of this. You know, uh, one from your mother, one from your father. And uh, if you have both of them knocked out, you have this bleeding disorder, this bleeding diathesis, and. Uh, you know, it's something that you have to treat over time. You will bruise more easily. Easily, and okay. The, the, fortunately, it's it's actually not usually a, f- a fatal disorder like hemophilia. Is. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're uh, in surgery, uh, you've got to be very careful. Maybe you have to be given blood products because you, uh, that's a chance of you bleeding out if you're in surgery. That's a pl- chance of you, you know, losing a lot of blood, not being able to clot uh, as effectively. If you have a null mutation in one of the two copies... That is what they identified here, and that's what they were studying. Okay. And in this Amish population, they, uh, they traced this back, actually, and found uh, six generations ago, basically, one person had this mutation randomly. De novo generated in one person six generations ago in the old Amish community. They now have about, uh, I think it was 177 participants. Holy shit, that, really? That they identified. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, that makes sense in the small community and whatnot. Uh, the, sorry, sorry. Uh, 177 participants they they identified for the oh, study. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, okay. From the community, okay. 43 were carriers. Still, of, that's an ass load. Yeah, of the mutation, seven had uh, so it's 50 total. Seven had both knocked out and had this bleeding. The bleeding thing, yeah. Bleeding disorder, and actually, this is is that like the bleeding from the eye thing? So they, so they didn't have that many. Uh, they didn't have that many people for one of these studies but because it was this geographically isolated population they could you know make their uh, their scientific claims of validity because so many other regions of their dna were so similar that they could oh, okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so uh what they're really looking at here with aging is you know uh, cro- you know chronic diseases uh if if you Aging is the primary risk factor for most chronic diseases, you know, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, obviously things like Alzheimer's and whatever. Uh, but your biological age is not necessarily the same as your, you know, literal age. Right. 
Oh, okay, yeah. So you have these things called telomeres at the end of your chromosomes, and uh, basically that they're of a certain length, uh-huh. and as you age, they decrease in length. And at some point, your uh, you know these the cells in your body they no longer have the capacity to to divide because those telomeres are essential for the process of cell division. Oh, okay, yeah. So at some point, those cells will become senescent. They will no longer divide. And you accumulate senescent cells over your life, and that is the process of aging. Oh, okay. Uh, Now, uh, uh, a way they specifically measure it is in leukocytes in your white blood cells. They measure your telomere uh, length in those. And, you know, uh, shorter telomere length in those leukocytes is more associated with cardiometabolic diseases. Um, so uh, this, was their, this was their starting point for this, uh, for this study. Mm-hmm. And so the gene, um, the gene serpene 1 codes for this uh, protein called plasminogen-activating uh, inhibitor 1. So that's synthesized in the liver... In fact, in fat tissues. Mm-hmm. So uh, this this gene that makes this protein, right? In vitro, if you have so in vitro is in a dish, cells in a dish. If you have more of it, it contributes to these cells senescing, no longer dividing. If you do, uh, if you use fast aging mouse models, you inhibit that gene. You can protect them from that fast aging. Mm-hmm. So now you actually, by identifying this population, you have the first chance of looking at this gene and this protein in a natural, it's a natural human experiment. Because you don't usually get to experiment on humans. Yeah. We kind of like gave that up after the whole Nazi thing. Probably a good idea. Well, actually, there were a few more human <laughs> yeah, experiments. Yeah, I was going to say, let's, let's be honest, yeah. Have M- you ever been to M- Buenos Aires? Yeah, right. <laughs> MK now, Ultra. I'm just saying. This <laughs> Buenos Aires. Good pull, buddy. Yeah. Very correct. Uh, so they identified this rare frame shift mutation. So it's it's like what we were talking about earlier, where you know you have, I guess it's a small deletion, and it means you, you've you've got none of the functional protein. Okay. And it's on one allele in a lot of patients. That gives you fifty percent of what you would usually have. So it's a lifelong reduction in those levels. Hmm. So first of all, they looked and saw those with one knocked out had fifty percent lower of the of the protein. Great. Uh, with and. Those who didn't have that mutation, they looked at the telomere length in those leukocytes and those white blood cells. They had 9% shorter telomeres for every decade per decade. So, so a given decade, say they're 50 years old, uh, the 50-year-olds with, uh, without the mutation, their telomeres were 9% shorter than, the, uh, than those who had that mutation. So the mutation increased their expectancy. Mutation is increasing yeah. their expectancy. And they, in fact, they found the mean age of death in participants with one allele mutated was 82 versus 75 who had neither. So it's a seven, huh. seven, seven years, seven man. whole years of life gained. Man, it do, they have a, do they have a, a, a reason why that is? So uh, I, I, it's involved in... Or these, were you getting to that? Sorry. It's, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> It's involved in these processes that lead to to senescence. And so now there are other similar drugs that well, other drugs involved in similar processes that have been shown to have the same effect. Now there was a metformin is a diabetes drug. Uh, it's used you know clinically throughout the world. And one weird thing that was found it it uh, has a similar effect on similar pathways. And they found that. 
diabetics taking the taking metformin were not only living longer than diabetics who weren't taking metformin, they were living eight years longer than, than regular, pe- than regular people. people who were not taking anything. So, so it was making their T's longer? It was preventing the de- – it was reducing the amount of decrease. That, oh, okay. Uh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Uh, and Do you have any here? Any metformin? Do you have any here? Yeah, you, you have some metformin here? Can, can we hook up while we're here? Maybe I'll try and hook you up with the doctor. We'll give you some metformin. Can you, can you vape it? Can you, can fake, you vape it? Can you fake diabetes? Yeah, yeah. Easily. Fake? Easily. <laughs> we're in the Sir. South. I don't have to fake very much, buddy. I've had the sugars for a long time. <laughs> the sugars. Well, you you need it if you have the sugars because... No, I probably do. Having, yeah. having diabetes is one truth. thing that will very, you know... Will speed up this process. Of oh aging, yeah, speed up this process of senescence in your in your body. So you'll be aging faster if you have diabetes than if you do not. And so uh, you, so you can. Let me think. You can take this. They're now doing studies with metformin, where regular people in their fifties uh, are being given a dose of metformin. It's probably a lower dose than you would get as a diabetic, mm. but they're being given metformin despite being perfectly healthy in the first ever proper human trial on anti-aging studies. Uh, gross. Wow. Which I don't, I, I don't, I don't like the idea. I don't know. I don't think Brandon will agree with me. I'm not a fan of like living any longer. Oh dude, who are you talking we're to? We're both, we're both fans of like, well maybe taking this will help you live a regular yeah. age. Yeah, there you go. The odds are pretty good. We're going to live in a short one at the first place. I mean, it's great. It's great for people that want it. But uh, uh, I can't help but think of that that terrible Justin Timberlake movie where everybody had time. They only had so much time, and they could live. And you got paid. In I didn't time. see that. Was it bad? Yeah, it wasn't. It, it wasn't. Look, it wasn't it great. Terrible. It just wasn't great. You know what I mean? The, the plot itself had way too many pe- pretty people in it because that was the plot of the whole thing. You know, everybody stayed to look young. My point is, that's great for those for those who want to spend more time. I I personally think the way the Earth is, everybody should have a clock. You're done. Move out of the way because there's 20 people waiting for your place to stand as overpopulated <laughs> as this world is. I just got to outlive my wife because she she deserves it. See, I and want it the other way around. There, it's just blue. Yeah, I don't even want that. I want I, I want to go. I want to go way before my wife goes, so she has a chance to get married again and have a I happy marriage. I didn't mean want. Yeah, <laughs> need is a different thing. And actually, uh, you know, if, if a spouse does die, your chance of dying in the next seven years oh, is it's, like dramatically It's increased. insane. It's like 60% or something like that. I'm great with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> now, now, so what, the, so what this study... Jessica, work on it. What, what this study was really on was the, uh, you know, the longevity effects of having just one of these present. Because obviously you have the bleeding disorder. If yeah, you have, if you have two. You yeah. have two of them. But the oldest person to have both, because remember, it's six generations ago that was, this happened. The oldest person to have both was born in 1981. Even though it's, you know, this mutation happened in the 1800s, uh-huh. because there was enough divergence, and then oh, yeah, know, like okay. distant cousins came and married. Yeah. And people moved. Two, two people heterozygotes came in. married, yeah. and the one in four chance happened. They had a, uh, you know, a child that had both tetrahedron. So goes, never mind. Sorry. And but but this group now, this group now, you will be you'll be Rhombus. able to you'll be able to study uh, study their longevity in the in the future because there is now a, a decent. You know, decent number. There's of a them number. Yeah, 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 yeah. With this, and it's a, the same mutation in all of them. It's not a different mutation in the same gene. Because oh, that's cool. Because uh, mutations in that gene have been seen before, and indeed that disease has been seen before. But it's you know, uh, it will be a different type of mutation uh, compared to the de novo mutation in this geographically segregated group. Got it. Got now, it. Now, uh, where this stands for you know you and I. Uh, 
Do, where do I get my adamantium where, claws? Where do, you, where do you get your chance to uh, lower the levels of your uh, PAI-1? Uh-huh. Well, that's already being tested in humans in Japan because, of course, it was, uh, it was being used almost uh, as a, I think it was an anti-diabetes drug. Uh, or it was, it, it was already in, in uh, clinical trials, uh, you know, for, for non-anti-aging process, same as metformin was. It was already mm. being prepared for clinical trials. Well, now these are being tested in Japan. And so by the time you reach your 50s, maybe you'll be able to just go, oh, give me some PAI-1. I want to keep my telomeres in fine working. I want to keep my telomeres in the right place. <laughs> I don't know why I went Australian with that, so, but I did. That's a great question. So now I've rattled off the information okay. about this paper. It's your turn, Brennan and Josh. Tell me what they did. Okay, so they did a study with this group of people in a small area to find out uh, how far back, first off, how far back this uh, mutant, I'm just going to say mutant gene because I can't think of anything else on the top of my head, how far back it went. It went back six generations. Uh, all from one dude. It all started from one dude. And if you have, if you have these on, if you have the problem, if you have the mutant mu- mutation on both of your uh, DNA strands from your parents, good enough. Good enough. Alleles. Uh, yeah, if you, okay. Go, if you have it on both, you have the bleeding thing, which you bruise like a peach. And if you have surgery, you have, they have to pay certain attention because you may not clot the same way that somebody else was. But it's not as bad as hemophilia. And it, but if you have just one, your T's, your Tennilles, Captain and Tennilles, your Captain and Tennilles, Captain and Tennilles are longer, and uh, that means your body age is the same as your regular age. Whereas if they shorten, your body age is actually older than your actual age. Body age and regular age, nothing to do with each other. Your nothing, biologi- biological, biological, biological age. age is, yeah. Your biological age is younger if you have longer. Gotcha. Okay, that. younger. Younger than all that. And and so they're studying the length of that. And uh, all I can think about is that dipshit who put plasma in himself. <laughs> I'm sorry. All I can... Every time... any like Anything I'm remembering from the thing you just read, it all leads to some idiot in a garage blogging about Red Bull while shooting up plasma that's going to do nothing but probably make him sick. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm white hot. Yeah, I'm, I'm still, still really mad about that. <laughs> the crazy thing is, is that there was so ma- so much more evidence for him to take things like this that would have an actual effect. Yeah, exactly, he right? And he didn't. No, no effect of any kind. And so they ended up learning that it started off with one person and it ended up going, they tested 146, I think you said, 140 some odd people, seven of them. 177, seven of them. Seven yes. of them had the double where they had the bruising thing and 40 of them had the uh, the longer tees. Very good. For, 40, 43. For 43. Yeah. Had Jesus, 43. Had 43. I was paying attention, man. I, uh, uh, I was too. Let, let, let's let's hear Brendan take yeah, over no. <laughs> Continue, Josh. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but that leads to longer, so now they've got it whittled down from that. They figured out what it takes to do that and now it's in a the diabetic drug when they were doing the 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 test of fixing the diabetic people they found out that the people taking the drug not only live better than people who weren't taking the drug that were diabetic but live regular than regular live better than regular ass people which leads me to think that they're now there are rich people out there who've figured that out and are giving all their friends all those they can possibly do so they don't have to give their money to anybody else. That's where my brain went with that. For someone who didn't uh, finish Kirby High School, you did fantastically there. Thank that you. was amazing. I've got like, a you, honestly, that was one. Of, that was one of the best like uh, regurgitations <laughs> we've had on the show. Well, when you tell me to pay, when you tell me I need to pay attention, <laughs> I will pay attention. And yeah. I didn't even say anything that I wrote down. I'm proud of myself. Yeah, we just said we just said earlier that Josh and I have known. 
each other for 12 years, and I am genuinely shocked at everything <laughs> that just came out of his mouth. I'm just glad we learned the word, was it, senescence? I think that's a good point for us to, uh, to, to close things out. So I've been rattling off for the past 30 minutes, and you've been actually just rattling off just now, so, which is very unusual uh, for our show, and I'm very glad for it. But it I, is learned time, so, I learned something today. It's time for you guys to teach me something. So there's always, okay. you know, always something that you will be able to bestow upon to me, and we can improve the communication of knowledge in this world. Now, Brennan, do you okay. have a fact for me today? Um, yeah, I guess a uh, scientific fact from my line of work. Is not, yeah, um, um, a lot of people say that they can smell gas when you have a gas leak or a propane leak. Uh, natural gas and propane are naturally odorless. You are not smelling those. You are smelling a chemical called mercaptan. Mercaptan is an additive that allows you to detect a gas leak. It smells like sulfur. That's how you can detect oh. a gas leak. And it's why when you have a vent-free gas log set, is, say you have somebody that has a vent-free gas log set inside of their fireplace, and it's burning, and they say that they can... They say that they can uh, see, smell something. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I, I, I lost train of thought because we're mugging for the camera. Um, they say they can smell something, and they're like, oh, it's, it's carbon monoxide. It's not carbon monoxide. Your unit's operating at a point where it's 99.9% efficient, and it's just putting out water vapor and carbon dioxide. What you're smelling is the actual mercaptan being burned, and if you have – allergies a strong nose or are a pussy you're going to say oh i can't i can't do it and uh yeah did you say are or have i didn't i didn't i didn't, know, I didn't wait the way okay it sounded are, like you said you if you kidding? have one that's why i shook oh, my head baby that's why, that's why i shook that's my head that's because you automatically go to sexism and i've never approved of your sexism <laughs> oh, i've never approved of shut it. up i didn't know I, <laughs> that's not going to lead well into my fact either you, you you have been you've been successful, uh, Brennan. Because uh, whilst I did know that it was an additive, I did not know it was called mercaptan. I did not know that all all of no. that process you just ex- explained. Now, Josh, can you be just as successful? No, uh, but what I do have is that women uh, can hear a higher pitch than men can, and that's from years of evolution with them having to take care of the baby so they hear babies cry in their sleep. And I've seen that firsthand because it works with dogs, too, because my, uh, when my dogs in the middle of the night do that high-pitched whining, they don't ever bark. It's just this kind of high-pitched whining. Same what Brennan does when you take away his tequila. Uh, it's really adorable, <laughs> but it gets really annoying. He's but, right. but, but her ears will perk up. Like I've spent months saying, no, I will listen for it. I'll get up with the dogs because she always does it, and she always hears it before I do. And my mom backed this up, and I've heard it somewhere in science. I think Mister Wizard said it once too. That's great. Even even though it is, uh, you know, it's pretty just, widely just, commonly even known. Even though it's just an anecdote, yeah, I would take, <laughs> I would take that in as fact. I will take that in. Just know if you want to talk smack about your old lady when she's in a different room, just talk a little lower, <laughs> and it'll work. It'll, uh, scientifically, they they won't be able to hear it. So I'm just saying. Also, if heels doesn't work out, if you need me to work on your fireplace, holler. Yeah. <laughs> now that brings me on. That brings me on to the to the very final thing, which is where you get to plug your wares. Tell us uh, what websites to find you uh, cetera, at Heels at Heels HXC on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, heels on uh, H all capitals. Heels on Facebook. Uh, you can find me at Don't Be Afraid of Josh McLean on Facebook and at Yell for Life on Instagram. Yeah, the Heels Bandcamp. 
where you yes, can, thank uh, you. We're actually uh, uh, by the time this airs, we'll have our web shop open. It'll be heelsmemphis.bandcamp.com. You can purchase our records digitally. You can also get anything in physical form: uh, t-shirts, hugs, stickers, hugs, nuzzles, drawings of Josh's bonkers listen to my podcast at don't be afraid it's called don't be afraid of the dark it's on itunes and it's on stitcher uh and uh, or check it from our website don't be afraid of the dark.net brennan's on it sometimes perfect and as always you can find us here at dr heckle pod on facebook at dr heckle pod on twitter uh, we had a blast thank you for this thank you so much for i've never us. felt smarter and more stupid in my entire life but i learned something today i definitely didn't feel smarter at any point senescence fantastic well we would love to have you back but for now good night good night Sleep tight. Dr. Heckle is an own production recorded at the Crosstown Concourse in Memphis, Tennessee. Your host was Mark Brimble. Your guests were Josh McLean and Brennan Whelan. The show was produced by Mark Brimble, Gil Worth, and Zach Lozier. Special thanks to John Miller and Carla Worth. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to get in touch about appearing on the show or topics you would like us to cover, email us at drhecklepod at gmail.com. 